self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on it's your boy mr on point and i'm Red. and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful episode why is your accent so much better than mine because I practice Hello. accents all when nobody is listening. <laughs> Hello, governor. A whole bunch of different accents. It's ridiculous. Does anybody in London actually say "Hello, like governor"? Is that still a thing? I don't know. I don't like, think it is. We have to know the political hierarchy to know if a governor is a high-ranking position. But it was never about like they would be saying it to like "Hello, governor." Wasn't it just like a salutation? Governor. They weren't actually talking to governors. Well, I mean. I don't know. We have what's Mike? <laughs> what would governor reference in a common lingo amongst people? I don't know. Somebody that's making rules, maybe. Mike, because every time listen. we hear that stereotypical <laughs> version of it, it's like somebody that's working for somebody else. Yeah. So maybe the governor is the person that governs the rules for this particular job or something. Oh yeah, like a governess or governor. Is there? Yeah, I guess. Like boss. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mike, I know you listen. Help us out. <laughs> yeah, let, let us, us know, know. What, what that's about, man. Now, what I need y'all to do is go to the website, www.conversationconartist.com. Check out the links for our stories, as well as leave us some feedback. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at red underscore calamity. Also, we are still doing a listen letter portion of our show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer, you can send it into the website or you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversation con artist with an S at gmail.com. And we got a very long scenario. <laughs> this is a this is a big situation, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out a situation for everybody to listen to, for everybody to understand. And we're going to just give a whole bunch of feedback about the whole situation. All right. And mind you, this is from uh, a fellow podcaster, Peanut at the Place Your Name Here podcast. So check that out if you get a chance. I think him and Dre have some new podcasts and things in the works. I'll shout it out as soon as they got that stuff coming. A guy moved here from New York. He is divorcing his wife because she got raped. What happened is that she was at her friend's house with some friends. She goes into the bedroom with a guy and he rapes her. Rape kit shows that she had four sex. They convict, they convict the rapist. The husband asks for divorce as he feels she put herself in that position. The judge tries to stop the divorce as he wants them to have counseling because the wife was raped and the judge feels that she needs him more than ever. The husband refused and he wants a divorce. Through a series of events, he had the custody of the kids for some time, but the judge gave the kids back to the wife. He kept saying that the judge was trying to force his hand to get back with her, saying the kids need both parents in the same house with everything going on. She tried to get him on a talk show and he refused that. Now, her brother was like, ain't no way he going to leave you because you got raped. So they assumed that he was cheating. They assumed he was trying to get out of the relationship in another way. So they hired a private investiga investigator. He ended up getting a fight with the investigator and goes to jail. Now, the party that she went to when everything happened was her friend that he doesn't get along with. And he tried to come, but her friend said she he couldn't come because it was supposed to be a latest night out. The guy that raped her her husband knew him and never liked him because he felt that he flirted too much with his wife and that same friend too much and both of them were married. 
So the night of the party, the woman who threw the party, her friend's husband was going out of town to his mom's funeral. And the husband found that out during the trial. Not only that, but the kids have also been over this same friend's house while the guy who raped her was over there. Also, the judge told him what kind of person will leave someone in this tragic situation. The judge called him the most insensitive person to ever step in his courtroom. Uh, he was married about 14 or 15 years and his oldest kids was 16 and the youngest was eight. Because of the private eye situation and the judge really kind of trying to keep pushing off this divorce, the husband just said, fuck it and moved to Florida, left the wife and the kids. Um, after the last fight that he got in with the PI, the wife bailed him out of jail and he left and hasn't seen her since. Now, the questions that come from that from Pina are, is he right? Is the judge right? He don't even see the kids because he don't want to see her. Is he in a position to even forgive her because she is the victim? Should he understand it from her point of view? Why is the judge really trying to keep them together? Can things even get back to the way that they were? He said he was happy before everything happened. Can he be called a victim too? He alluded at one point that he thought she wanted to kill herself. Should he get back with her because of that? He said, sorry, man. I always run a talk show in my head, so I'd be having a million questions. <laughs> but it's cool. I, we like the questions. The only actual wrong, if I was going to assign like guilt or blame, the judge is wrong for that shit. And I've had a judge do that before. Well, I've had a couple come in that are only coming in because they want their divorce and the fucking judge won't give it to them without it. Um... And the rapist, but as far now, let me just say this: I absolutely do not agree with the husband taking the stands that he did. But even though I don't agree with it, I also don't feel like we have a right to tell him how to respond to that happening. Just because I wouldn't respond that way, because I look at it in in the fact that I feel like it's better for him to know he couldn't handle it and leave than to stay and like punish her for the whole rest of their marriage because he mad because he felt like she put herself in a but like that could have gone in a whole other bad direction with this being a long-standing issue between them like i mean again if he felt like he couldn't handle it and he wasn't gonna be able to deal with it then i do think that they didn't need to be together anymore uh again i wouldn't have done that but i also don't make that doesn't make him a villain in my eyes, which is, it may be surprising <laughs> that that answer for me might be surprising, but I don't think you can tell people how to respond to stuff. I wouldn't have done it. I think it's kind of fucked up, but at the end of the day, that's better than him leaving and staying and trying to like punish her for some shit. It's, it's real unfortunate because like me, I feel like, I feel like if something happens in a relationship, like, I really have a hard, I'm going to have a hard pass on a person that becomes addicted to substances when we're in a mm -hmm. relationship. If that would have happened. I don't know if I would have a hard pass on if a mental illness developed. Probably depends on which one. Yeah, I mean, you know, like schizophrenia is, is stress-induced. It is. Oh, but so, it's treatable with me. If like, your spouse is willing to take their medication. Yeah, it's they, treatable, you know. but like that falls into the category almost of what this situation is for me because it's something that the person did not ask for yeah is not really complicit in yeah but it happened to him and so the question becomes what do you do with that and for me i think 
the the ripple effect makes a difference in how you decide what happens. For this guy, it sounds like he made the decision because she thinks that he thinks that she put herself in this bad situation. Mm-hmm. You know, so it didn't even matter how it looked after the like. Yeah. If for by some magical circumstance of events, it didn't affect her, and she she was fine. Yeah, he still. It seems like he yeah. would still want to leave because she put herself in a situation to to be that. Yeah. For me, I think the decision would be based off of the depth of those issues. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm a therapist. Boom. I know how these things play out. Let's get help immediately. Yeah. Let's get all the help that's possible to get. You know, now is this still going to impact our relationship severely? You know, I don't know. It's a lot of different variables. But I don't even think he was thinking about all of those variables. I think for him it came that one, you are in the in the letter it said that the guy that raped her is somebody that he knew that he didn't like, correct? Yes. There were so I think there was a, a couple of things contributing to why he felt the way he felt. And he wasn't thinking about their relationship. He was just upset about who it was, how it happened. He feels like she played a part in in her rape. Again, don't agree. Would not have behaved that way. But again, I also don't think you you the do you shouldn't do what the judge did, which is try to force people to be the way you think they should be. If these people came to you for a divorce then that's what they get. You're not in a position to say, no, y'all need to stay together or this isn't a reason for y'all to get a divorce. But it, it doesn't have to be enough of a reason for you if it's enough of a reason for him. Like I said, for me, as fucked up as it is that he that's the decision he made, I would have much preferred he do that than to stay and continue to victimize this woman over and over again by making her pay for her being raped. You know what I'm saying? You know how traumatizing that could be? over years of, and if he was that upset about it it's very likely that that's what would have happened so for me he made the best decision given the circumstances and given how he felt about the situation if he wasn't going to be able to work through it and work past it if, if every time he saw her he was just going to feel a, some kind of way because he felt like she put herself in a bad position then you know, it's best that they don't be together. I don't, like I said, I don't agree with the decision he made, but I respect that it was his decision to make. He should, you can't say he should have just stayed with her feeling the way he was feeling. So right and wrong ain't even like the words to use in terms of him. Now my perspective, the judge is wrong. Oh, the judge is wrong as shit. The judge is trying to coerce him into, he's trying to, he's trying to be an ally for the The wife. wife by coercing the man to stay in a relationship with her, work things out, be there for her. And I feel like a lot of judges do that because yep. of their own personal experiences and their personal impressions on the situation. Oh, you need to stay together for the kids. Kids deserve two parents in a household. And so you force these, try to force these people to stay together when that ain't your call to make. You're the judge. You're the, the person who's supposed to be determining you know, dissolution of assets. You supposed to determine whether there was like fault as far as if there was a pre, but as far as telling them, Oh no, y'all need to work this out. That isn't for the judge to do. I don't think I feel like if they weren't trying to work it out themselves, or obviously he, he wasn't willing cause he had made a decision that then you just do your job as a judge. The fuck you can't put your own values off on other people. The judge is definitely wrong. The The rapist rapist. is definitely wrong. The husband is, 
he it seems like he just got caught up in a moral dilemma. Yeah. You know, I want my family the way it was. Yeah. Was enjoying this beforehand. But the way I see it, you put yourself in this situation. I tried to come to the party. Wouldn't let me come. Yep. It was my assumption that it was going to be no men there because you wouldn't let me come. Yeah. Your husband was out of town. Yeah. Why is this dude over there? Yeah. What's the context of you going into the room with him? I yeah. mean, was this a, did you go into the room by choice yeah. or was it a friendly thing that turned aggressive on his part? Like what put you in that setting? Like from his perspective, it's a moral hangup as to what to do from here. And from his perspective, I guess that that led him to say, I can't, I can't do it. And I that's can't his deal with right. It to again it's not and I, I don't know if anybody will be surprised by my <laughs> my take on this or my opinion but i just again i wouldn't have done it but i don't think he should be villainized because that's what he decided to do um and as far as the question about you know what would it ever be able to be the same no anything tragic or traumatic that happens it it, it changes things like that doesn't mean that that's like a bad thing, but it, it means that relationship would never have, even if he had decided that he was going to stay and help her through it, that relationship was going to have a dent in it that they were going to have to work on. Because now again, all of those questions that you just raised about the situation, if he had stayed, even if he had stayed, he still would have probably had those questions. And that would have been something that would have had to been worked out. And she's not going to be the same. So their relationship can't be the same because being raped is a very traumatic event. And so she's going to have her own traumas that are separate from the marriage. Like, no, it wouldn't be the same. That doesn't mean that they couldn't have stayed together and work it out. But no, the question about what, you know, could they get back to how it was? No. I mean, and one, the husband was never going to let her go nowhere by herself again. Mm -mm. Definitely wasn't going to be able to hang out with that friend again. No. I mean... The the rapist was convicted and sentenced to jail. I assume he was sentenced to jail. So he don't have to worry about doing nothing to him. But if he had not been, like, what if this was a situation where it happened word of mouth and, you know, he would have done something. Like, this might be the best case scenario for everybody. Yeah. Him leaving might be the best case scenario. Going with what Red said, if he knows that he's going to be causing himself and her frustration and she was going to be frustrated and kids were going to be frustrated yep. because he couldn't handle this, then it's probably best that he go do his own thing and she heal on her own and move forward with somebody yep. else. And I mean, it sucks for her, but the thing is like, I feel like we live in this, in this time where people feel like, I don't know, you know, again, I wouldn't have made that decision, but I feel like I'm, I'm glad he did because you know, if you know that you can't manage something, it's a lot better to walk away from it than stay and make the situation worse. If you're going to be, you know, y'all going to get into a fight every time she get ready to leave the house because you're going to bring this thing up or you remember what happened. She's just going to have to keep reliving it. It was just going to be, I can just imagine it being a very fucked up situation had he stayed. As far as her brothers are concerned or her brother getting a P.I., I don't, you know, if, if, if I had a sister... And she was raped and her husband wanted to leave. I'm sure she would be just like her and, and want him to stay. But I'm not finna help you with that shit. Because obviously that's not what's best for you. So, like, I would not have hired a P.I. Because really what difference does it make? What difference does it make whether he really leaving her because he can't deal with her being raped. Or if, if he indeed did have a side piece. Either way, 
I would feel like this is not a nigga that deserves my sister. And I'm not finna help you get back with this raggedy ass motherfucker. Like, I'm not gonna help you with that. Well, if they understanding of this situation was that we can't conceptualize why somebody would abandon somebody that needs support, then finding another reason would make it make sense that he's leaving. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand finding another reason, but even again, even if that was the reason, if if even if it was because he had another woman. What good does like hiring a PI and pre- like what does that well, do? It might be it might be enough for them to be able to let it go. I guess you know. I mean, some people get retribution from stuff like that from finding out that you know. Okay, good. Well, the reason that we think it is ain't him just being insensitive and not caring about the woman that he's cared for for this many years and willing to leave her right now. None of that makes sense if it's just about something that she was the victim of. Mm-hmm. It'll make much more sense to us. We won't even fuck with him if if he's doing some other wrongs and he's trying to find a way to get out of it. Yeah. You know, that, that might make sense to him. Also, the husband is not a victim. That was another one of the questions. Hell no, he is not he a victim. He is a victim <laughs> of circumstance of what he wanted his life to be. He's a victim in that sense, but he's not a victim in the sense that something happened to him. Then that shit happened Nothing to him. happened to him. <laughs> he just unfortunately ain't about to have the life that he, yep. he had and that he wanted to have. And... In lieu of that, he's abandoning all of it. Mm-hmm. Did we answer all the questions? Mm-mm. What's that? Uh, is he in a position to forgive her because she's the victim? I don't think that... I think that hinges too heavily upon it being exclusively her fault. Yeah. You know? I think that... And we live in a misogynistic society... We live in a society that actively victim shames and victim mm-hmm. blames. So it's not surprising that a man would not be able to forgive her because we live in a society that's conditioned for people to look at it like that. Yeah. But from my perspective, he shouldn't look at her. It's not her fault. No. It's not her fault. I don't know. Maybe not looking at it as it will he be able to in a position to forgive her. Maybe it's better phrasing than that would be uh, maybe he'll one day be in a position to like view the situation differently you know what i'm saying because it ain't nothing to forgive her for really uh but he might be able to like view the situation from her point of view instead of his own one day and and because of that he might gain a better understanding but it ain't nothing to forgive like she was raped i I shouldn't have to like beg you for your forgiveness because i got raped like the fuck no the last part of the question that i wanted to speak on is that suicidal ideations should never be a reason nope. why you stay with somebody you should not feel hell <clears throat> damn you should not feel hell hostage by another person's desire to hurt themselves nope that's never a reason to get back with somebody nope. because it's not a genuine reason to be with somebody. Mm-mm. And it's either going to drive them deeper into that situation or you're going to have to play, play, put a mask on and be somebody that you're not going to be able to be for a long time. And then that ain't no, I mean, that's not a guarantee that they won't. Like, your presence isn't going to be, especially with her, the situation that she went through he could have stayed and she still might you know what i'm saying like the the trauma could have been too much but she still committed suicide are you gonna feel guilt behind you know what i'm saying you're not responsible for that 
And you shouldn't stay in a situation just because you feel like you are. You are not responsible for somebody else maintaining life. Not another grown person anyway. Your kids maybe, but not another grown person. So And suicide is suicide is a really hard concept because people aren't supposed to kill themselves. You know, they're not supposed to want to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's nothing you can do to save it. And yep. and it's a real, real weird situation because I don't people always be calling suicide selfish. Mm-hmm. In a lot of instances, at the point that somebody is depressed enough to want to commit suicide and have been struggling with it for some time, is typically a selfless act. Yeah, they think that you're going to gonna their, be better off. Yeah. The world would be better off without them. It's not, I don't want to deal with this. I'll be happier. It's they are in a place where they can't see what they're, they can't see what them leaving would do to anybody else because they feel like it would make everything better. Yeah, it would help. It'd I be have, helpful. I had a client that that created a whole Excel financial spreadsheet as to how it would save his, the people around him more money for him not to be here. You know, like that wasn't because he was trying to make people feel bad because he never showed it to anybody, but he, in his mind, this is what he was going to contribute to their lives. Yeah. You know? And so, it's not always clear cut enough to know that you even being a part of that person's life is going to help because even with you right there next to them, if they convince themselves that you'll be better with them mm-hmm. gone, it they're going to kill themselves if that's the decision they assume, choose to make. You're assuming worth in somebody who feels worthless. So it, they're not, yeah, they're not, I'm not, it's not that, you know, you're going to, they, they're going to be um, sad off without me or they're going to be better. They're going to be happier. I'm always down and depressed and dragging everybody down and they'll be able to like move on with their life. If I'm not, it's, it's a selfless in their mind. It's a selfless act um, because they don't see the worth in themselves. So there's no way anybody else could see worth in them. I guess if I had to find some, I don't know. Because his idea was to cut off cold turkey. I just think that there's a middle ground to all of this stuff. Well, yeah. I, and I I don't. I think the cut off cold turkey might have been a knee-jerk reaction to the situation. I don't know if shit had gone differently as far as, like, the courts and them not hiring a PI and all of this shit. I don't know if that might have died down, like, after the fact. Like, you know, of course, when, when shit first happened, you'd be mad as fuck. You'd be ready to kick somebody in the teeth sometimes. And then when you calm down, you still upset about it, but you're thinking a little bit more clearly. I think it, that was probably, cutting it off cold turkey was probably more of a knee-jerk reaction because they got kids together. And, and then all this extra stuff with the judge and, and then the, the P.I. The and going to jail. It just stacked on top of stack yeah. on top of stack. And it was got to a point where you can't even come back to that rational yeah. perspective because everybody been trying to coerce you to do something you don't want to do. Yep. And then you get into that little rebellious idea yep. of, well, this must be what I'm going to have to do because... Cut it all off so yeah. she can't fuck with me at all. So... I, I think that the initial wanting to cut it off was probably just a knee-jerk reaction to the situation. And then it was exacerbated by all of this fuck shit that kept happening. And he just decided to double down and stick with it. But I think had things gone differently, I think he would have changed his mind. I don't think they would have. he would have still wanted to be with her. But I think they could have co-parented in a healthy way eventually once, you know, it had kind of died down. But the judge did not help with that. 
that's another thing I don't get about judges doing that shit. You you trying to force these people to stay together, which is just going to create more animosity. Then you're going to tell them they need to co-parent like adults when you didn't make this situation 10 times worse than it was when they first showed up in your courtroom six months ago when they wanted this damn divorce. And you was like, no, work it out and all of this shit. Now you're going to tell them, oh, you got to work together to raise these kids. You didn't create more animosity between these folks? Nah. They'd have had a whole nother six months of having to fuck with each other. So it's a judge that I work with right now on a, uh, with kids that have juvenile drug involvement. And the difficult part is, like, how do you, like, his heart is in the right place. But I think that his experiences with drugs and people that he may have lost in the past due to it is impacting how effective he can be versus how empathetic he's being, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and you know, lawyers do that. They choose, like they find judges that are best suited for the case yeah, and try to get that judge to sit over that case. Like if it's a sexual abuse case, if Mm -hmm. they got a judge that had a sibling or a child that had some sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. they're going to be empathetic. Like they try to look at, they try to understand and know the past of them judges to stack the odds in their favor. I feel like most divorce lawyers will want a judge that's going to actually grant a fucking divorce because that's what their client is wanting them to do. Why would you go to a judge that you know going to like fuck around and have you having, I guess you get more Well, money. to be honest, it depends on who in the world buy a decent lawyer. That's true. Like if you get a court-appointed lawyer, you're not going to be afforded that extra oh, stuff. Yeah. If you get a lawyer who is about their business but charge, you know, $3,000 mm-hmm. for the first session, they probably done looked up the judge credit report and had a PI on the judge to know what's going on in that judge's life <laughs> just so they know, look, this judge grants divorces to people who have gone through this since you've gone through this he's not going to grant that divorce so if you're saying that you want to stay in this relationship this is the judge to have it's going to cost you three thousand dollars for me to be a lawyer and get that judge to do that in my case it was a wife that wanted a divorce and the judge was telling her that they needed to like do a trial separation and get count which they had already got counseling but and it was the husband the husband was a narcissist okay it was not and i had met both him and her he was a fucking I've never met like a textbook narcissist. He's like my first one. Like that had all nine characteristics, like very evident in your face narcissist. Um, But it wasn't even about, he didn't even give a fuck about her. He wasn't, he, he was telling the judge, I love my wife and I want to stay together. This is a blow to his ego. You're not going to divorce me because I'm perfect. Why would you walk away from perfection? (laughs) And so he was determined to drag this shit out. And I mean, the judge, it was like, oh, y'all have a kid. And he obviously doesn't want this divorce. It don't fuck. I don't care what he don't want. I'm sitting here telling you as his wife and as somebody who's dealt with him for the pay. I think they had been married like 12 years. This nigga is crazy. I want a divorce. Like, I'm not. We did the counseling thing. Didn't work. Well, you know, he was like, well, we did it a long time ago. We haven't tried it recently. And the judge bought into it and was like. Y'all need to try to work this out. Y'all got a child together. So she came back to me upset because she like, I thought I was out. (laughs) I thought I was done. Mm. And it took her so long to like, if narcissists, being with a narcissist has a tendency to to make you feel bad about yourself. It took me almost a year working with this lady to even get her self-esteem up to a point where she got, 
the courage to even seek out this fucking divorce because being with him had beat her down so bad you know what i'm saying so she finally get to that point and now the judge is fucking up well it's like i've i've said this about several positions in our society is that there are some positions that grant men more power than men are meant to have and i think that that's okay when it can be an objective legal power but when you take a human being that has a lot of subjective life experiences and have them apply an objective system through their uh, subjective lens to situations that might trigger things they've been through, then you find judges that end up trying to insert their will into the lives of these people. The judge is clearly in this whole case trying to make this man stay with this woman because he believes that this man should stay with his woman because she's been through a situation. And it's evident that the judge isn't trying to look at it from the vantage point of the man and how he may look at it. But I guess, most people would look at how the man is responding as fucked up enough to say that even if the judge did look at through his lens, he probably wouldn't even do much different, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just not a lot of people that would agree what the, the guy's doing. Like a lot of men probably would, you know. I mean, again, I don't agree with it, but I respect it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the judge should have been able to do that as well. Like, is it fucked up? Absolutely. That he leaving his wife who was raped because he feel like it was her fault. It, even saying that is fucked up. I mean, but it's also his right to leave. You can't make this man stay. Yeah, I wouldn't. Re- I like. I know what you're saying, but I'm gonna think I'm gonna say it different. I respect his right as anybody else is to be able to make whatever decision they would make in this time. Yeah, I don't respect the decision that he's made specifically. No, that's what you I'm know, saying. The decision, I yeah, that. I don't. The decision is absolutely bullshit. The but decisions are garbage. Yeah, but his right to make it is his own. I respect his right to do that. Like, you can't go around and enforcing your will, and especially not in the court. Like, you just don't need to do that, especially in a situation where this isn't breaking law. You know what I'm saying? Like, this man is asking for a divorce. There are no legal grounds for you to do this shit. You're just doing it because of how you feel that's not right like again i think it was fucked up and i definitely would not have made the same decision that he did but i respect his right to make that decision and again i feel long term that was better for everybody because if he truly wasn't going to be able to get past this he was going to be a dick to his wife for the whole rest of the time and keep blaming her and they keep fighting about it how is that better just because he in the house if he gonna make it worse again that is a horrible horrible trauma that she went through and she don't need to be re-traumatized by having to relive it all the time because her husband is constantly bringing it up if if he couldn't let it go it was best for him to leave that's just the bottom line and if i knew i was going to leave i would i would taper it off you know if i knew like first off i would give it a chance yeah. To see if I could move forward. If I realized I couldn't move forward, well, I would be. Well, didn't, it didn't say how long between. Because obviously the court case had gone. Like, he, the, the dude had been tried already, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that trials don't happen. <laughs> trials take a while to get set up and happen and shit. So, I mean, it, didn't, it doesn't sound like he left her the morning after. Well, either way. It's a difference between him not leaving her the morning after and him staying because a judge on a court order says you have to participate in counseling or you you got to get the kids for now. Like, if it's that. No, the order, it seemed like it happened is she got raped. 
the guy got caught he was at the very least charged i don't know if he was convicted before and then he sought the divorce the judge didn't make that until the divorce was being sought so i don't know how much time happened between the the trial and and the and the guy being found and him seeking out the divorce where the judge was like no nah, y'all ain't getting a divorce you need to do counseling first All like right, i don't yes, know right. the time we don't frame. know we don't know the time frame. Yeah. So, so. he might have gave it. A, I mean, he might have given it some time before he did it. It might not have been, you know, it might have been some months. Or it might, he might have just, every time he looked at her. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. know. Again, it's fucked up, but I just, I don't, I just don't want to make him into this villain. He He's somebody who made a decision I would not make. Yeah. At the end of the day. But it ain't a bad decision. It's just a decision. Yeah. It was his to make. So, yep. I guess I think we answered everything. Yep, that's it. Well, all right. Thank you so much, Peanut. That sounds so fucking funny to say. Why is that? Why is <laughs> I don't Peanut know. Because Peanut is like the quintessential black family member name. <laughs> like everybody got a cousin Peanut. I don't have one, but I feel like most people have a cousin Peanut. So. I don't know. But thank you for the question. Uh, Again, if y'all have a question you would like for us to answer, or even a scenario, it doesn't even have to be about your own personal life. If you saw something and you want our take on it, send it in to the website or send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Do you want to talk about house niggas or you want to talk about cholas first? House niggas. House niggas. So... I don't know if y'all uh, remember Herman Cain. Who don't remember Herman Cain? <laughs> Some people might not remember him. Well, you're right. Because it was it's a little best while if you ago. don't remember Herman Cain. <laughs> so. Herman Cain was running um, in 2012. He was running for president, and he, you know, he said that poverty was a state of mind, and he referred to slaves as immigrants, and it was like a whole. Every time he opened his mouth, there was some fuck shit that came out. Uh, so apparently he got upset about an article that was written about Ben Carson in the Michigan <laughs> I was putting it all together Michigan Chronicles I don't know what I was going to say uh, the historically black newspaper from Carson's hometown referred to him as House Negro of the Year and Kane said he must be one too because of his success because that's one of the names you get called by other black people when you are a success at something and you do not buy into black groupthink or act and say what they want you to say he wrote being called a house negro is just one of the insulting names i've been called as an abc which he refers to it as an american black conservative simply because i do not subscribe to the black liberal backward looking narrative herman is that why you think we don't like you because you successful Herman, that's not what it is. Herman, you're a fuckboy. <laughs> you you are one of these people who think that if you say this bullshit, white people are going to like you. And guess what, Herman? They don't. <laughs> All you do is alienate the people that look like you. That's it. White people still view the same as they view me or anybody else that they see because we're all the same. You want to be the exception to the rule. Well, I mean, to a degree, they are the exception. Are they? Yes. How are they the exception? I feel like they just patsies. I feel like they just get used as pawns. I well, don't that, think that the people around them actually think that they're exceptions. I don't. I do think they think You think the white people think they're exceptions? Yes, because they get to use those people to challenge any rhetoric around black issues that they don't 
But that's what I'm saying. I think they use them to do that. But I don't think that they honestly feel like they're exceptions. I think that they're, oh, good. They're saying what I can't say, we're going to use them. No, I think they do believe they're exceptions. I mean, I think we're past, let me not say past, it's like it's (laughs) universal. But I do think that we've moved to a point where racists don't believe they racist. And so the people who do that believe that he's an exception. They just don't understand that their beliefs about him is rooted in all kinds of deep-seated racist <laughs> past in our country. I think I think that's what we move to. I think that that's how a, a good police officer can be a part of a bad system still doing racist shit. Because the whole new the whole NYPD system say stop and frisk is cool. Yeah. That still means a good white cop that's not racist is going to stop a black kid and pat him down. It ain't because he necessarily racist, but it's because the people who created the rules are racist enough to have put a system together that he have to be complicit in if he want to keep that job. So I think it's the same way with a lot of racists. I think it's the same way with a lot of Republicans. They say a lot of ignorant ass racist shit because they don't believe that it's rooted in a racial context. And so I think they believe that being Carson is exceptional enough that all of us can be like him. I think that they believe that Herman Cain is exceptional enough that all of us can be like him. Who takes pride in being called a house nigga? That's what I want to know. So have you heard the term identity politics? No. This is all over the place now. Okay. It, it shit just pop up overnight. And Tifa popped up fucking overnight. They just bring up shit and now everybody's saying it. Oh, yeah. and t- I didn't uh, even know what the fuck that new- was. Like, I saw it and was like, wait. Like, why <laughs> haven't we known about this shit for so long yeah. for it to be such a stark challenger of the KKK, which has been around for fucking ever in America? Yep. How can that, you know what I'm saying? Like, same thing for fake news. It is just Donald Trump said and it's everywhere now. It's one of those things that light like fire. Identity politics is the idea that the Democrats have to use identities that groups have in order to build a, a support base. Okay. They use black people. They use Latinos. Mm-hmm. They use LGBT. They use all of these groups to further their political agenda. Mm-hmm. And people like Ben Carson and Herman Cain believe that who you are doesn't have to <laughs> connect with what you believe. So they literally, like people like that who challenge identity politics think that you can compartmentalize all these things about you separate them and be what you want to be seen as and so herman cain and ben carson and other black people that nature clarence thomas thomas sorrow all them people they want to be able to be seen in the context of what they believe they don't understand that you can look in the mirror and believe what you want about yourself (laughs) but the person across the street from you that's white that's racist. That daddy got that's they daddy got arrested for being in the KKK, which means that they had a childhood of growing up with a man that spewed KKK rhetoric in that household mm-hmm. looks at you differently than you want them to. Yeah. And even if all of the white people that you sit around, even if all of the wealthy black people that you sit around look at you and say, Good job. If your black ass was standing <laughs> in the middle of Charlottesville, your ass would have got shot at yeah. because it, they just, a video just came out of a one of the Charlottesville uh, rally guys shooting at a black protester. Not surprised. Thomas Sowell, sadly, Herman Cain, any of y'all would have been out there. Y'all yeah. ass would have been fucking walking through a, a, a fucking thick air of tension. Yep. 
because they ain't gonna look at you and say, "Oh, that's Clarence Thomas." They gonna say that's a black ass motherfucker. And people like Herman Cain. Because it ain't them hating you because you poor and not successful, Herman. It's because you black. And so you black anywhere near any of them, they're going to hate you. <laughs> they're going to dislike you. They're going to decide that you ain't worth shit based solely off of that. And you compartmentalize anything you want to. But I bet you won't take your ass to the next rally and, and, and go and try to have a conversation with some of these white nationalists. See how that goes. And they know you. it deep down. They know it deep down because... I challenge them. Say Black Lives Matter in an interview. <laughs> Say institutional racism in an interview. Say uh, the president didn't denounce racism in an interview. Say that shit and see how quick your blackness turned into blackness. <laughs> Instead they, of this fucking colorblind then you bullshit, be what one you of think these it people is? That they dig up whatever they can find on you. You 20 years ago did some bullshit. They're going to dig it up and say. Ben Carson, you're not going to be Dr. Ben Carson. You're going to be Ben Carson, the thug who, whatever the fuck it is you did 20 years ago, because that's what they do when you don't play ball. So, fuck him. I just, it was a house nigga. You, y'all house niggas of the year, and you proud of it. Should get a trophy made him, and, and Ben Carson can put it in his house um, below him and Jesus. Have you seen that painting of him and Jesus? Who and Jesus? Ben Carson. No. <laughs> White Jesus? Is it yeah? Was it a white Jesus? I can't believe you didn't see that when he he like was giving a tour of his house or something, and there's a picture of him, him and Jesus. There's a picture of Ben Carson with Jesus. He had it like painted, like commissioned. It popped right up in Google and I, <laughs> Ben Carson and Jesus. Oh uh, no, it's a. Um, you think Jesus was racist? Yeah. Is that a black Jesus? <laughs> that is not a white Jesus. That Jesus is black. Or that Jesus is from Africa. <laughs> Let's just say that. That Jesus is from Africa. <laughs> That's the painting he has hanging up in his house. Jesus with his arm around him. That don't even look like being cursing. To me, like, whoever did that, he proud of it. It's like hanging above his mantle in his house. Do you think Jesus was racist? Why would Jesus be racist? I don't know. Jesus died for the sins of the world, supposedly. If he existed. Well, but while we're basing it on his existence, because so, you're asking so the he question. So he does exist. He does exist. And if he did, in fact, die the way that it is said that he did, he supposedly died for everybody. Well, I'm just saying. So he can't be racist. He would have just been like. But Jesus I'm lived in a time where black people would have been slaves in Egypt. But wasn't he Jewish? He's Jewish, right? Ain't know. Jesus a Jew? Jesus is Jewish, isn't he? All the places in in the Bible is Africa, right? Jerusalem and all them places. Okay. Bethlehem. Uh, yeah, I guess. That's like Africa, Maybe right? Lie. I don't know. <laughs> Not gonna get on here and lie and have somebody read me for Phil. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've just been conditioned to believe that Jesus and everybody in the Bible was white. And the only person I know of in the Bible that was a black person was the dude that carried the cross when they was whooping Jesus' ass. <laughs> That's the only person I've heard of that was black. Now, any of y'all know much about the Bible, school me, please. Let yeah, me know but, who in the Bible was black. But I think that's always been an issue or like or a question about whether or not that's that's like what they teach you and that's what they but I don't 
Like the description of Jesus in the Bible says something about him having hair like wool. That ain't no white shit. Feet <laughs> like brass. That ain't no white shit. That's it that could be like white. A nigga. It could be white with a tan. Not no woolly hair. I guess if it but Jewish, Jewish people have froze. Some of them have froze. Some of them have curly afros. So I don't fucking know. Would that mean Jewish that would that mean he's from Europe? Jewish? No. Jewish doesn't have to be from Europe, does it? I don't know what what's the origin of Jewish faith. I don't know. You know how I'm not religious, shit, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, all kinds of fucked up information because Google <laughs> helped your boy out. Jerusalem is in Asia, apparently. So, needless to say, I was horrible in geography. Sure was I. That's why I wasn't finna no make regrets. no. <laughs> that's why I was not giving you no definitive answer because I know my black ass don't know. You know, the Bible always had them uh, continent maps in the back, but they don't look like they look today. I they ain't never pay them shits no attention. That's all I used to pay attention because I damn sure wasn't reading them scriptures in church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at maps. It didn't help me in geography, mind you. But Wait, You know that Jesus was Jewish, but Jewish people don't think he was the Messiah. They're still waiting on the Messiah. Really? They don't think Jesus was it. But Jesus was supposed to That's be the embodiment have... of God, right? So what? Uh, Jesus, Jesus was supposed to be the embodiment of God, right? Just like a piece of him. Uh, I guess, but that he, I don't know. The Messiah was supposed to be the person. They're still waiting for the Savior to come save us from, from our sins and shit. Cause they don't think it was Jesus. That's why they don't celebrate Christmas. Christi Christians celebrate Christmas because they celebrate Jesus's birth. Because Jewish people don't believe he was the Messiah. They don't celebrate his birth. They, they have, um, what is it? Is it Hanukkah? Is that Jewish? I'm not even, I'm, I'm done. I don't fucked up so much in this conversation. <laughs> I think Hanukkah is the Jewish holiday. They don't. Yeah, it's different for them. Mm -mm. <laughs> I took a religion class when I was in grad school because I don't even remember. How, oh, I, I did. I was doing a different major at the time before I did counseling. And so I took a religion class. That's where I learned Jehovah's Witnesses believe that it's only like five Hundred sixty-five thousand people going to heaven or some shit like that. I took a religion class too. This was at AUM. Mm -hmm. Do you remember your teacher name? It was a white guy, but he was a oh, priest. White, a guy. Okay. He used to be a priest. He ain't no more. So he like really would hard on like the Catholic faith because he knows. I uh, my class was with some old lady. She had white hair. She oh, said dude. she participated in all these religions, even Wiccan. And she said a ceremony that the Wiccans did that she participated in was that. They saved their period blood for a month and then they went out into the forest and spread it on trees. She said it was the most disgusting thing that she's ever seen or been at, but she was like, I mean, she learned stuff about the religion there. I was like, oh shit. But some Muslims came to, she invited somebody every other week to mm -hmm. from the faith to talk about their faith. She invited some Muslims, two black dudes. And I'm a young black male. I have a father that's been to jail. I know people that's been to jail. They all come out Muslim. Mm -hmm. They all come out having converted to the nation of Islam or Muslim mm -hmm. or something related. Yeah. And I asked them, is there a connection <laughs> to the uh, any messages in the Muslim faith that that would make people in jail, you know, convert to Islam? <laughs> 
And they were like, no, there's no, like they got all defensive. Would you have, you basically just asked them like, so do y'all recruit prison niggas? <laughs> No, 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 no. I ask, <laughs> is there any message? From my perspective, you asked if there was a correlation between their faith and prisoners. Well, <laughs> okay. So, from my level of research up to this point, mm-hmm. a a well educated and understanding answer would be that there are different sects of of the Muslim faith that's transitioned over there. Like the Why nation. Why do people give a well educated measure answer when it's about well, religion? Well, this is my answer. Religi- this is my answer. Religion, religious people are not <laughs> they well, don't do that. They if get- you want somebody like me to respect your faith, you're going to have to be objective enough to say what makes sense to me. Right, Most. because I'm clearly not. As, I'm not pulling this question out my ass, <laughs> and I'm not sitting here in, in a classroom trying to offend you. So it's best for you to try to be like, if I was going to offend you, it'll be a lot more uh, aggressive than that, <laughs> you know. And so what I've what I've learned is that, like, yes, it's a lot of messages. A big part of it, Malcolm X vert brand of of Islam mm-hmm. was one that blamed the white man for a lot of stuff, and you know was critical about the black experience, but also. Uh, encouraging of the black experience mm-hmm. so to me a lot of black people that go into the jail that meet other people that have that version of, of the nation of islam is a message that they kind of latch on to as opposed to christianity well, christianity ain't got no no component that black people just fool with jail is highly segregated like you know i go to the day reporting center downtown to teach a class without fail they don't tell them where to sit every class that i go to all the white people sit on one side. All the black people sit on the other side. They don't have a sign seat. They don't tell them where to sit. They can sit wherever they want to, but they, because they just got out, because they fresh out, they still doing what they do in prison. And that's what they do in prison. It's extremely segregated. It might be by default because, I mean, you know, the Aryan Nation is, yeah. Aryan Nation and KKK is Christians. <laughs> so it's like, you go to jail and you can't even get with, you can't get no Bibles because they got swastikas in them. Uh, and it ain't no. I, I wonder, are there like sects of like Christians? <laughs> Dude, is it like like you hear about Muslims, you hear about the Aryans, and you uh, is there like a sect of like Christians that get together? And <laughs> Don't know. And meet. <laughs> Don't know. Sit together at lunch, <laughs> at chow, whatever it's called. Well, whatever they got offended. When my daddy got out of jail, he took us to a mosque. I mean, I'm we not surprised wear our shoes they got offended. Again, I still most- wear my shoes in there. Got cussed out. <laughs> most religious, really religious people, people who are so religious that they would go to a class to speak on their religion, they're going to be real sensitive about it. Like, religious people don't really, they, they don't like when people challenge their faith. They don't. That's what I've learned. You don't like when people challenge your faith. You hadn't even challenged it for yourself. No, most of them don't. They grow up and they're taught this is what it is and they go on to believe that thing. Most people don't challenge their faith. That's an anomaly. You always telling me how I take for granted that we different. (laughs) You take it for granted in this situation. Most people don't challenge their faith. They believe what they were told growing up. That's just how that works. You know what? It's a dude, Robert. Robert, if you're listening. We miss Robert. Wait, who is Robert? This dude that I went to high school with. Okay. He is, I forgot the name of the faith-based program. Five percent, oh. No, there's a school. Oh, okay. Like, that, that's faith-related. What, answer some of these questions Samford. if you got time. Oh, you mean he goes No, to not a, the specific school, but like, what is it called when you're in school to be a... Oh, um... A faith... 
I don't know what if it's Christian or not. It, it the only one that I know is Christian is uh what the fuck is it called? Seminary school. He go to seminary. Let's call it that, yeah. That's not what you're talking about? I seminary, mean I have no idea what it is. If that's it, that's it. Seminary is like when you go and get a degree in like religion. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Okay, so yeah. Answer the questions, Robert. School. If you feel like it. Assuming that you still listen to the show. And if you are still listening, hopefully we did. He probably like these. Oh, no, 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 no. He <laughs> he is the person that need to come to your class because if you ask him a question, he will give you an answer. Okay. He won't get offended. I won't think you're just a he. Yeah, he won't like. <laughs> and, and he seems to accept those differing ideas. So, um, like, that's the kind of person I need to talk to as it pertains to faith if you want me to respect you. I got another story about some Muslim, uh, some uh, Mormons that came here the other day. We'll have to say that for later, though. But I'm finna go to. So it's a, a scale of racism that that came out, and uh, it basically just asks. Do we where, need a scale? <laughs> well, it basically asks where do you fall on this scale, and it's uh, for white people, and it was in a group that I was in, and the. Scale, a lot of people have problems with it because the scale assumes that you lie on a scale of racism, right? I think I think everybody lies on a scale of racism. We're in a country that race makes every damn thing different. Like, I can't even get a band-aid that looks the color of my skin. You know what I'm nope. saying? I can't get a nude bra that's actually nude because it's tan and I am not tan. That so, is not my skin color. Race is embedded in our country, whether we like it or not. And so I'm just going to go over these and just... I got some experience with some of these things that they say. Each one of these sections got about three parts to it. So the first one is overt racism, where, and this is the far left of the scale, which is the bad side of the scale, the most racist side. Whites are the superior race. That's the first one. The second one is whites are under attack and will be minority soon. Now, I think this is the one that triggered the Charlottesville situation. Know why they keep saying under attack? Will they become minorities? Possibly, but it isn't because like other races got together and was like, "We finna take these white folks out right the fuck now." Like I don't understand why they keep saying that they're being attacked. How? How? Because you you're not gonna be the majority because we populated the country and and you don't have as many of you as you as you once did that's not an attack on you what y'all did in charlottesville that's an attack this shit is not an attack that's stupid i don't understand why they keep saying that ain't nobody we ain't having secret meetings about how to get rid of white folks i promise you it's not happening we're not doing it well most of us aren't doing we wouldn't it's not possible no way no okay <laughs> it's just not possible like Guns, violence, torches, uh, crosses burning in the yard, hoods. Those are attacks. <laughs> Those are symbols. They are symbols of what white America can do behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. They don't have to put a gun in your face. They don't have to arrest you. They don't have to do shit. If white America wanted to fuck up black America, they could turn all of black America damn power and water off. You know what I'm saying? 
if they wanted to fuck up black America, they could send the police to our houses. Now, they wouldn't do that because we got a system. Well, I don't say I don't assume they would do that because we got a system that says you can't do these things. But if white America really wanted to fuck up black America, they own everything. They could send the militaries into the hood and kill everybody if they wanted to. We don't have enough people. And all these people that think that black people being violent toward white people is going to somehow resolve something, it's going to end up in 67 more black people being dead. It's like Samuel L. Jackson in Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Where he said, if you kill a cop in the hood today, it's going to be fucking 50 cops in the hood tomorrow with itchy trigger fingers. Yep. That's what's going to happen That's if a small subset of black people start attacking cops. What they're going to be doing is jeopardizing all the people who... Who survived that situation? The next one is this is God's will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Lord, okay. where the Bible do it say that? What did well, the Bible does it say that the white know, people somebody, are superior? Somebody will find some obscure ass <laughs> scripture and take it out of context because that's what people do. Yeah, that is what they do. Shit, they was burning crosses and folks. Yo, I never understood why they did that. Why, why burn a cross? Y'all supposed to be Christian. Isn't that blasphemy? I think it was a lowercase t. The fuck would they be burning lowercase t? I don't know what he's saying for. Maybe terror. I don't think. Or maybe that. the first person who they burned a cross in yard was named Terry. And they just realized it was just really easy to make crosses from that point because all the other letters are pretty much <laughs> difficult to make. I don't. Because you got to, you know. Use different tools to curve the wood for other letters. I don't but think But see, T's are the only one that's just straight up and down. Maybe an I, but then you can't even put the dot on top of it because and now you won't even know it's an I. I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were crosses. I just don't know why they were burning crosses in people's yards. I don't know what the symbolism behind that is. Seems kind of blasphemous to me for somebody who's if supposed to be a If it was a cross, yes. If it Nigga, was a lowercase t. It makes t. more sense for it to be a cross than a lowercase t. <laughs> a lowercase t makes no sense at all. At all. I can't even come up with a reason for them put other than Terry, which I just, <laughs> they're not going to memorialize some black man by continuing to burn uh, cross or a tea in folks' yard. They well, hate black people. Clearly, nobody much. knows the story, so how will he be memorialized? Could they know? There's enough of them to know. Well, only the first seven or eight, however many started, started it. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I've always been curious about why, why crosses. I've never understood that. Because they're supposed to be Christians. So from this scale, care. we move over into subconscious racism, which is I'm not racist, but. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put that disclaimer. Yeah. The next one is, but black on black crime. And the next one is thugs. <laughs> like if you think the word thug and you close your eyes and the first thing that come to your head is a black person. That's that subconscious racism. That's that shit deep down in because. I think about Italian. <laughs> Italian, the mob. I think about Tupac, Thug Life, the think, hate, the hate you give little infants fucks everybody. <laughs> That's what it stood for for him. The next one is what about reverse racism? And it's a comedian that did a whole bit on reverse racism, and he said reverse racism is real, and he said. I'll tell you how reverse racism would work. If all of my ancestors could go into a time machine, uh, enslave and oppress your ancestors, and over the course of history, 
uh, build jobs, build a society, build an organization that put my culture on top of your culture, that is reverse racism. But the shit that they call reverse racism today, <laughs> that is not reverse racism. No, it's bullshit. It is. Ain't no such thing as reverse racism. No, it's not. And I think people be talking about, like, when they say reverse racism, I think they talking about, like, prejudice in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, a black person can hate a white person. You know, that's fine. That's prejudice. A white person can hate a black person. And that, to me, that's prejudice. Discrimination is acting upon that hatred, that prejudice. You know, if you act upon it because of that race, then that's discrimination. Racism is having a the ability to impact that person's culture widespread. So for your culture to be able to impact the other culture, so it has to be a component of power that allows you the opportunity to oppress a group of people. And if you don't want to call that racism, then we got to move above. It's something higher than racism that exists. If black people and white people can be racist at the same same rate, then what does it mean when a whole group of white people can oppress a whole group of black people or a whole group of Latino people? What does that call? If they have the ability to enslave a whole culture, if they have an ability to build a wall and put every one of one culture out, if they have the ability to build internment camps for a culture, like they did Japanese, what do you call that? Because the Japanese can't do that to white people. Black people can't do that to white people. Latino people can't do that to white people. What is that component of power? What does that mean? So, whatever. The next one is justification. If he, they had just, which is what we hear from the police shit, if he had just paid attention, if he just followed the rules, if he had just listened to the officers, if he just, yeah, you know. But it's a lot of white people out here who is just doing shit they ain't got no business doing and they alive. They don't die, yeah. Because everything that you saying black folks should have just did, white people, like, hey, you ever watch Cops? The fuck? They do that shit all the time. <laughs> white they people will headbutt a police yeah, officer, yeah. steal the police car, <laughs> drive into somebody's house, get out, punch some babies three times, <laughs> then get arrested, and they fine. And still be talking shit to the cop. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, like, I know your mama, bitch. Going to a house tonight. Like, white people be wilding out on them shows Hell with police yeah. officers. If y'all, like, I don't know how you could have not watched cops. If you want to see some white people doing some disrespectful ass shit what that would get a black it? person killed, watch cops. Because that's what they do. do? <laughs> yup. I love it. And it's been all, it, you know, they on like season 27, 28. This shit been on forever. It still come on. I mean, it's the easiest fucking show to manufacture. <laughs> all you got to do is use the car. It's probably easier now. Yeah. Because they probably just contract with some of these damn police departments and use the cameras they got on their shirts. Yeah, well, I've saw one, a, a recent episode where they were talking about um, body cams. They body cams being on. Like, it's ridiculous. But yeah, if you have any question about what white people following the rules when it comes to police, watch cops. Because they do some outrageous shit spitting in cops faces it's all kind of shit you just be like and they ain't dead like what the fuck <laughs> let my black ass do that you ain't lying Hell black no. person can just have a cup in their hand <laughs> you put your hands up and they still holding the cup so you're resisting arrest <laughs> we're like sir i have a cup let, let me put my cup down you're reaching for something <laughs> he's reaching pull the gun out ah like nigga i'm just putting my cup down why are you tripping? <laughs> you saw I had this cup in my hand. Yep. It's like, do I need to drop it so it splash on the bottom of my pants legs? Is that what you expect? I guess that's what I got to do if I want to fucking die. <laughs> yeah, it should have just dropped. <laughs> just, okay. 
I just I feel like if I ever get in that situation, I'm just gonna play possum. I'm just my whole body gonna turn to spaghetti. I'm just going limp. <laughs> like I'm having a panic attack, but it's gonna be all on purpose. I'm just gonna fall on the ground. Officer, I can't move. <laughs> Help! Lord. My hands are gonna conveniently be placed far away from anything that I could possibly reach. <laughs> I'm gonna look like a, a zombie on the ground with my arms up. I don't know. So the next level of justification is I just don't like the ghetto. Uh, the next level of justification is slavery ended 200 years ago. But, you know, not talking about the ripple effects of that. Denial goes into racism no longer exists. Then it goes to, I don't see color. Now, can I just... Because I saw a black YouTuber that I, I follow that said this shit recently and let me just say that to anybody who say that shit black white i don't give a fuck what color you are that is the dumbest shit i ever heard stop saying that shit that isn't a good thing first of all you lying because you do see color and i just don't think that that's the solution by pretending that we ain't different you can respect other people's differences bitch you don't have to just play fucking stevie wonder to the shit you saying you don't see color does not make me think you're not a racist. It make me side eye you a little more actually, cause what the fuck? I'm black. Do you not see this? <laughs> That's stupid. You I don't. don't that color. is not the answer. Being acting like we don't see our differences is not the answer. The answer is knowing that we have differences and being okay with those differences. But pretending like we're all just the same is some bullshit, cause we not. We not. And you know what? And we don't have to be. It's okay. And you know what? Let's say that you're a white person or a black person that absolutely does not see color. Let's just say that that's possible. Let's say that that means that you judge everybody on the content of their character and that you don't use color to predefine them to some kind of expectation or position that society has put them in. You ain't you the only one. <laughs> You can't act like all white people doing that shit you doing if you do it. Because that's what I hear. It be like, why can't we just all be colorblind? I mean, shit, why can't, you know, slavery have never existed, motherfucker. Like, there's a lot of shit we can say, what if it didn't or what if it couldn't? But the truth of the matter is that shit is here. Our differences are prevalent. And if you as a white person don't identify my differences for whatever reason, it's a whole bunch more of your ass doing that. And it's making me uncomfortable and it's really invalidating for you to say that color don't make a difference when everybody else in my life color make a yep. difference. Yep. It's stupid. So please fucking stop saying that because that don't make us be like, oh, this is a good one. This makes me side eye you. The fuck? Sit down somewhere. Moving on further into denial. How am I privileged if I am poor? Uh, furthermore, white privilege does not mean that you have something. Nope, it does not. Uh, it really kind of <laughs> means that your great, 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 great granddaddy had an opportunity to build wealth while mine was enslaved. And, you know, just because he fucked that opportunity off don't mean you get to use your current poorness to say that, you know, you're not privileged because you still get to get a skin color Band-Aid. But the best way to describe the, for me, the best way to define white privilege is like home court advantage. Mm -hmm. for a sports team we know for a fact that home court advantage helps teams win mm -hmm. because it gives them support it gives them extra confidence it gives them extra uh hope that they can uh succeed it gives them they don't have to travel when they leave they're in the comfort of their own home their community their environment they love ones are there 
home court advantage helps. It does not give you anything physical to indicate that you have more than another person. And you can still lose with it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't guarantee you anything. And for people who believe that privilege is supposed to give them something, it doesn't. No. It's giving you it's giving you and your ancestry an opportunity to build things. If you didn't capitalize on that opportunity, that don't mean that privilege don't exist for your kind. It also gives you the ability to spit in a police officer's face and not get shot. Yep. It also, allows people to treat you differently. Also, if every white person were to move to Africa just to put this in the context what would exist is african privilege because their society would not have been made for white people africans would have had a system that americans would have had to adjust to that was made exclusively for africans this system was made exclusively for white americans black people brown people are an afterthought in that system so that goes into that level of privilege as well it's just based on the context of american society it ain't the fact that you're white is the fact that the the originators and founders of this system made it for people who look like you by people who look like you and without the consideration of people who didn't look like you until fucking recently like 50 years ago if that if you consider that them being involved uh i have black friends which is the last level of denial then we move into white savior whites were slaves too which not in america no. well i don't know we're irish if anybody that we talk about knows that if irish or scottish were ever enslaved because when they came over here no when when they migrated over here slavery was over right yeah i don't think they yeah slavery was over slaves. so no white they slaves in america they weren't treated the greatest but they were not slaves i mean yeah all over the world it's been slaves but when we had this conversation when i had this conversation i'm talking about america like, don't travel outside of this country to invalidate American wrongs and to try to normalize that shit on a global scale when we're talking about the uh, American scale of that thing. Uh, the next one is, if they want our help, they should be nicer and more respectful. The next one is, I will help you, but only if I lead. Now we move over into woke justification. Uh, if we can't use the N-word, then they shouldn't either. Oh, my God. Then we go to there is no need for people of color to have their own safe spaces. We are all one. <sighs> there is only one race, the human race. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Then we move into love conquers all, which all of these are pretty much just invalidations of the experiences of brown people. Love didn't stop that goddamn car from killing that girl in Charlottesville, did it? Then love conquers love all. Love showed and built a wall to protect her. Uh, them other 19 people who got injured. Kiss my ass, love conquers all. <laughs> <laughs> we move over into awareness. My experience as a white person is drastically different than that of a person of color. Uh, the next part of awareness is yes my life as a poor white person has been hard but it isn't as hard as if I were poor and a person of color we move into allyship systemic racism is very real and needs to be ended accomplice is I will make space for people of color and the last one is uh, on the level of accomplice is I will put my safety health and freedom on the line to fight for people of color I will let them lead and not try to be at the center now from my perspective that don't mean 
I'm going to go to a fucking Black Lives Matter rally with hammers and shit as a white person and beat somebody's head in if I have to. What I think that means is that, like, the way that I look at it is if society comes to a point where black people's lives are on the line, if that shit was going on like, uh, you know, like in the, what happened in the Bible when they were going after everybody's firstborn uh-huh. child, children, if that shit was happening to black people, would you as a white person close your door or would you as a white person for the sake of humanity and all that's right, be willing to stand up in that kind of situation? Like to me, these are the white people who held the hands of people when, when segregated, uh, segregation ended, mm-hmm. you know, they were willing to put their reputations, their safety and their lives on the line against their fellow white people to support black people, you know? It don't mean that you're choosing places to go to be violent. I just think that when it's critical, when it's time for a black person to be stood up for, are you willing to risk that to stand up for them or are you going to walk away and let that shit happen and close your eyes and your ears? Anyway, I just wanted to go through that because I was just in a group with a, I'm in a group with a lot of white people that we have some rational conversations, but it's a lot of racist white people in the group. And so, you know, it just ends up everybody being, getting into arguments, but it's still some good conversation coming from that. It's hard though. If you ever, as a black person, plan on getting into a group, like my goal is to fix my dialogue in a way that I can start talking to white people face to face and have a decent way of communicating. That's not saying that I plan on standing in front of them, but I'm in front of a lot of people who, matter of fact, a dude that comes to the court with us, you know, when we were sitting in the court waiting for the judge, you know, older white guy, I think he thought it was some kind of he made it a point to let me know that he wrote in Ben Carson on his ballot. That's not or a good thing. He thought it was a good thing, I guess. Because I'm black. At, well, because yeah. you black because he black, so obviously you're well, going to like Ben Carson. Well, also, in the context of where we are, I'm the only black man that's sitting in that room. I'm the only black man that walk into that courthouse with a whole bunch of white cops in there. Like, it's barely any black people in there. It's a couple of black women, uh, probation officer, that's black. One probation officer, black, but in that room, like he don't know. But I'm saying he only said that because Ben Carson is black. He not because of any of his policy. Because Ben Carson is a coon. We didn't talk about well, this. Black just, folks don't even fuck with him. Well, like what I'm that. saying is not only that because he wouldn't have said that to that if he thought I was a Malcolm X. He wouldn't have thought he wouldn't have said that to me if he thought I was that. What so, the hell do do white people know that we don't fuck with Ben Carson like that? That we don't well, like that? Well, let me put it like this: he if it was a if it was somebody with a do rag on, uh, he wouldn't have just talked to you at all. I don't you know what I'm saying? Saying shit to I'm you. just saying that there is something about him that thinks that I'm cool with. Ben. I don't know. I guess I guess I would have. I don't know. Do white people all? think that black people all look up to Ben Carson or are they that disconnected from the black experience that they don't know that most of us don't look up to Ben Carson? I don't know if it's even about looking up to him. I don't think they know the disdain we have for him in general. Like I don't I don't know that they know that we just don't fuck with Ben. Like that you saying that ain't gonna win you no points because we don't fuck with that nigga at all. Like I don't think they are I don't think that they are aware of that. I think they don't know that we don't like him. Because I don't know if they understand why we don't like him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if they get that he's a cool and we don't fuck with him. Because of the shit he say about black folks. I don't know if that's like a wide known thing amongst white people. 
Yeah. But that's it. All right. You can go ahead. Well, Kylie and Kendall are at it again, doing some fuck shit with their little clothing line. This time, instead of shirts with Tupac that they didn't superimpose their images on top of, they out here making chola shirts. Now, if you don't know what a chola is, cholas are Hispanic women that like are kind of kind of gangster they <laughs> they they the women that wear on play it's a it's i think mostly like a la like a west coast thing they wear the plaid shirts they have the the real thin uh eyebrows and black eyeliner i mean black lip liner around they they lips and you know a chola when you see one they may have a rag tied around their head like so they that plaid shirt is very much a part of their style the style of that culture of women so kylie and kendall decided to make a chola shirt 145 dollars when it's literally a plaid button down shirt so they posted it on the instagram and of course people started reading them fulfilling the messages and i mean in the uh comments saying also oh, now y'all still in chola culture now y'all appropriating this shit y'all didn't learn nothing from the t-shirts I just I don't think I don't know if they thought wasn't nobody gonna know what it was or that pe like I don't know why not just come up with your own shit how hard is that and one hundred and forty five dollars for a button down shirt bitch buy <laughs> like a button down plaid shirt the fuck out of here that's ridiculous okay I'm sick of them I don't think they care probably not I don't think they care about. Well, but they, they pull the shirts because of that shit. And then you're going to go make something else that you're not going to be able to sell. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Stop that. Just stop it. And Chola's ain't the one you want to fuck with. <laughs> this is just crazy. I'm trying to think of like an example. And like, Chola is not a racist term. I don't. Mm -mm. They call themselves Cholas, I think. I don't think it's a racist. You ain't term. introducing us to some terms that's gonna get our ass. I don't think killed so. by I some mean, Latin kings out here, is you? No, <laughs> I that don't even that don't sound like even something that would be racist. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like racist shit is always some hurtful ass shit. Cholas is, yeah, just they just Latin American women that's, that'll that's whoop hood. your ass. They hood as shit and they'll whoop your ass. Nothing that I have seen has called it a slur or anything. It's slang. It's just a slang term that they use. I don't think that it's offensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to walk up to one and, and be like, what up, Chola? You might get shanked. I don't know, because they kind of rough. <laughs> so I wouldn't suggest doing that. But if you just Google Chola, when you see it, you you going to know what I'm talking about. Like it's a, it's a style that people may not know what it's called, but you didn't seen it before. Especially, like I said, it's a, it's more of a West Coast thing, I think, than it is like, especially ain't no Southern shit. I don't think I didn't see no children. Nope. <laughs> we don't have a whole lot of Latin American folks. We don't have a large Latin American culture. I think a lot of, you know, I think that a lot of them are isolated and split up i don't think it's like a mass community like uh you would find in arizona or new mexico or places like that florida she look, she look like she'll whoop your ass yeah <laughs> she do cholas again i mean I, she I, wouldn't whoop my ass 
I wouldn't. She definitely gonna have to stab me or shoot me. Let me go to YouTube. Let me see. I know somebody is YouTubing as a chola. Let me. That'll let me know if it's offensive or not. Cause they wouldn't be like. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't condone hitting women. <laughs> you know, but like, would a suplex technically be considered a hit? I mean, if you want the Latin <laughs> Kings to kind of talk, you have to discuss that with the Latin King that is probably her boyfriend that you suplex. <laughs> I don't know if you wanna. Yeah, yeah. Cholas talk fashion. They don't mind being called cholas. There's a whole you, you YouTube, but you can see some of them, and like them talking about their fashion. So this is an actual culture. It's an actual fashion that belongs to this group, and not Kylie and her bitch ass sister trying to profit off of it again. And again, I just I'm uh, just made 145 dollars for this plain ass fucking. I don't understand for this button down. Like, come on now. And again, yeah, the the cholas and the Latin kings and these other Mexican gang, you don't want to fuck with them. They're not really the ones you want to get on the bad side of. And don't they? Well, they don't live nowhere near where some cholas would be. But don't they live in like California? In LA? They travel. Somebody can be at the airport <laughs> waiting for them. They put all their destinations on Instagram. They do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they can get got. They can't get need to happen, and I would not want to. Let me show you. I don't think I uh, showed you the shirt. Look at this shit. That shit is not worth a hundred and forty-three dollars. Forty-five. It's a plaid shirt. Some people want a chola in style. Oh, somebody said, "Oh my God, let me catch a white girl wearing this." One of the cholas. <laughs> oh. Mm. Appropriating the chola, like I said, you might not. You might not have been able to put a name to it, but you definitely are aware of the culture. Like, I feel like it's it's a well-known thing. You just may not know what to call it. That don't mean you go poach shit from it. Like, girl, no. So you black folks got in your ass about the shirts, so you just decided to go to another culture. Cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. Cultural appropriation is stealing a file for somebody's plate without asking. Cultural appreciation is asking if I can get a fry <laughs> and either being told yes or no, but at least inquiring <laughs> about that thing. Like, no, you can't have no goddamn fry off my plate. You should have got some fries. Why don't you order fries for yourself? You want my fry? No, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well, they stay stealing fries. <laughs> Stealing fries like a mother, <laughs> and then overcharging for the damn fries. You take taking fries off of other people's plate and being like five dollars for this fry for what, bitch? Like, <laughs> Selling the homeless kids for five dollars a piece. Goddamn for what fry? Hey kids, we got fries. <laughs> hey, let me get some more fries off your plate. Or they don't ask. They just be like, hey, thanks for these fries. And yeah. you'd be surprised when the motherfucker want to beat your ass because all your fries is gone. Yeah. And they got enough money to buy more fries. Anyway. Some black folks in the comments under this are saying that they don't know, understand. But I think it's because you don't understand. You don't know that it's a separate culture. Like, they they mind. <laughs> I can assure you they ain't with it. But you may not get it because as a black woman, you don't you don't really deal with chola culture. But that doesn't make it non-existent because it ain't some shit you do. 
and it doesn't make it offensive or not offensive because it ain't offending you personally like it don't have to be no black shit they stealing stealing the stealing bitch this ain't your shit it ain't no cholas finna buy no college and kindle shit so you really just selling this to your little white folks that buy your shit to so they can walk around at halloween and be cholas <laughs> Or just walk around wherever the fuck, Calabasas and be whatever. They need to sit the fuck down and stop it. What the fuck is Calabasas? That's a place? Yeah. Where rich people live. Well, you and I will never visit. <laughs> a place in California that we will never go to. Okay. So. So, yeah. But yeah, so people were, that's all I have for that. Oh, okay. Um, Trump has pardoned Joe Arpaio. Mr. On Point, who in the hell is Joe Arpaio? <laughs> okay, uh, since you asked that question so eloquently, Joe Arpaio is a, what is he, a sheriff or a warden? He was a sheriff. He was a sheriff in Arizona yeah. who been doing 20 years worth of bullshit and you know what i'm gonna go down the list and let you know what the fuck he been doing he ran a jail that he described as a concentration camp that he did things wow. like increase the temperature to 145 degrees while the inmates were in there prisoners there have died at an alarming rate often without explanation one of his net jailers nearly broke the neck of a paraplegic guy who had the term, the temerity, I don't know what the fuck this word is, the audacity <laughs> to ask for a catheter. Temerity? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't never seen that shit. To it's ask, audacity. <laughs> <laughs> that's a better word. That's, yeah, it works. That's, that's, uh, that's a less expensive word. <laughs> for a catheter. One time, as a publicity stunt, he marched Latino prisoners prisoners into a segregated area with electric fencing. Uh, here's a couple of other examples of what went on in his jails. And he was found guilty of this bullshit. So the court Damon Drummaker's blood was coming out both ends of him, and it had been coming God, out for hours. Damn. Oh, like imagine so blood painful. coming out your ass I don't want and your to. mouth. I don't want to do that. A bad no. day. That's a bad <laughs> Thank day. Thank you. Arpaio's jail staff calls Ambrett Spencer her baby. Um, and this was this before it was like mostly to Latino. Mm -hmm. okay. He ran an ongoing mugshot of the day contest on the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office website. What? He arrested New Times reporters for covering him which they won a $3.75 million settlement. Uh, under him, the MCSO failed to investigate hundreds of sex abuse cases, many of which involved children, uh, but somehow found time and money to send a deputy to Hawaii to look for Barack Obama's birth certificate <laughs> and had a staged assassination attempt against himself for publicity. In 2013, a federal judge confirmed what literally everyone in Phoenix knew. He had been racially profiling Latinos. Now, this is the sheriff who basically was enforcing that Latinos carry a, a birth certificate or naturalization forms with them to identify them as American citizens. If you did not have that on you, which as an American citizen, you shouldn't have that on you. Nope. What the fuck? 
fuck walk around with their birth certificate? Exactly. I don't even know what a fuck mine is, to be honest with you. It's either with me or with my mom. I don't even know which one of us got it. Then you point. are going to be detained. You're going to be incarcerated and locked up until you can provide those documents. And I understand that for... I understand the concept of needing to find out if illegal immigrants are actually illegal, but not at the cost of American citizens who have to put up with bullshit because of your bullshit. The next thing is probable cause can't be because of the color of your skin, which is basically what this legislation or what these acts were and also what stop and frisk is. So naturally he hired a private investigator to investigate the judge and his wife. He also kept profiling people, which is why he got charged with contempt of court and was found guilty. So he basically could have just stopped doing that shit and the courts would have been like, okay, he was in contempt of court because he kept doing it and was going to be sentenced for that. So Um, he was found guilty of this. Yes. And then Trump decided. Trump decided that the courts is just trying to keep this good man, good conservative man from doing his job. And so he pardoned him. That's not him doing his job. But this the same motherfucker who tried to get up there and say that we should all be one and in unity and and the the KKK after people made him say it is bad and and white nationalism is bad. But you gonna pardon a, a racist? But that ain't even it. He also tried to destroy some of the hard drives containing material that was supposed to be turned over to the court. By 2015, his fondness for racial profiling had cost the county more than $44 million on top of, you know, ruining lives. He also paid millions to settle new uh, new lawsuits where deputies stood by as an inmate was brutally beaten. Uh, because of this, because this is the old West Wing or something, he had a sheriff's posse and one member got arrested on child pornography charges. Of course. His office was responsible for countless fiascos like the box watch raid where deputies set a puppy on fire. <gasps> what? <laughs> what kind of monster does that? I don't know. I don't That's know. mean as shit and unnecessary. <laughs> what of course. the fuck? But needless to say, that's just a long laundry list of the shit that he's done that Trump said was okay. Trump pardoned it all. He said that you're just a good man trying to do your job and these judges are trying to hold you up, so you're going to be okay. You, as a president, use your pardoning power to pardon a known racist and then expect people to not think that you're racist. The fuck out of here. What? Did he pardon the motherfucker who, who was up to be um to be killed? He was on death row. They were about to, um, what is it? Not assassinate. What is it called? Execute. Execute. They were about to execute him and then the DNA came through and proved that it wasn't him. Did he pardon him? Did he help him out? Because that seems like it would be a better use of your pardoning power as a president, bitch. Damn. (laughs) 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 Nigga. (laughs) Sorry. Hard in the paint, I cheer. (laughs) Fuck him. That's just fucked up. Occam's razor. You know what that is? Yes, we've talked about Occam's razor. We'll talk about it again. (laughs) The most simple solution is usually the correct one, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. If you see hooves (laughs) trampling along the ground in an area where you know horses graze at, (laughs) it's no fucking point of saying that might be a zebra. 
or a cow or a cow or anything <laughs> with hooves other than the shit you've seen which is horses <laughs> which begs the point of donald trump is trampling around this environment <laughs> with racists pardoning races with racist rhetoric racist rhetoric and dialogue and people keep trying to say he ain't racist the fuck out of here i mean what does he got to do <laughs> does he got to pull a pen out of his pocket and a clan hood fall out and be like oh shit let me pick that up that's a napkin <laughs> that is not a clan hood let me just tell you fake news that is not a clan hood maybe, it's a napkin maybe the next time they have tiki torches he gonna have to be out there with his own tiki torch what are they waiting for are they waiting to find a picture of donald trump with a photo op of a black man hanging somewhere <laughs> shit are they waiting for donald trump to be having a photo op with his finger on a lighter on a fucking cross burning them black people yard what what do you wait for to discover if somebody is racist or not what evidence do you need if somebody is racist gay plenty but you know what at this point trump I, need, look, I need to know for white people what evidence do you need to say somebody is it a ain't racist even about they just they doubling down like he does i don't think at this point people who still support him today at this point it don't fucking matter what he do because if if in these seven eight months he been president you ain't found a reason not to support this lunatic you not gonna find a fucking reason because there have been plenty of things that should let you know you made a fucking terrible decision last november but no they doubling down and they still going to his little rallies where he is talking shit about his own party members he did the rally in arizona and talked so much shit about john mccain and what's the dude the other one friend in that's uh, represent in arizona he talks so much shit about them he don't even give a fuck about his own party he don't give a shit he don't care about nobody this is he's a toddler he is a toddler driving a car somebody gave a toddler keys and he just riding around knocking over mailboxes running over people i don't know he just bulling the legs can't reach the they can't reach the gas pedals he a bull in a china shop how about that okay just breaking shit and everybody standing around you see the bull in there you saw that he it was a china shop you knew it wasn't the greatest of ideas to put a bull in there because you know they break shit now he in there wrecking shit and you just standing outside just like well can bulls fit indoors yeah are we sure mm -hmm. like regular size doors a bull can walk into my door right Your there Your door ain't the size of a shop door it depends on what kind of shop it is. If it's a China shop, it's got the. When the last the shop you've been in with double doors? Everywhere I go, have double. What you mean, Ross? TJ Maxx have the most places have double doors. I've never been in a big TJ Maxx size China shop. The China shops I've ever seen are, are small. Well, he, it would have to be a, a big chat. Why are you trying to make logic out of a... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here... <laughs> I was just seeing how far you was going to go with me. It was shocking. It was really it. shocking that you actually changed <laughs> from the toddler in the car to the bull. So I was like, damn, I got to go further. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe I got pulled into that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Ridiculous. What you got? Oh, that was that was yours um what do i have i have beyonce oh no jay-z has has let us know why he named rumi and sir rumi and sir rumi is a poet that they he said him and beyonce both like 
Um, so I guess that makes sense, whatever. And then Sir, Jay-Z just said, basically when Sir was born, he just slid out of there and was like, just real, you know, like, like Sir, like royalty. Like he just, you know, he came out real cool. So he just decided to name him Sir, apparently. Really? That's what he said? That goddamn baby came out looking like a damn salamander like all the other babies come out. Yeah. Because that's what babies look like. Yes. Babies ain't nothing but ill old when they born. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> babies ain't nothing but fucking cartilage. They <laughs> bones. Is, they don't even got bones yet. They have bones. No, they don't. They do. They're just very soft. But it ain't cartilage, though. <laughs> they do have bones because a baby for can all break the bone. <laughs> for all intensive purposes of what bones do, <laughs> just because the things they have are going to be bones one day, I feel it's disrespectful to call them bones now. They ain't cartilage. You could bend. I'm bending my cartilage, cartilage right now. You bend the baby leg, you're going to break that shit. You can't. They're not cartilage. They're just it's soft bones. It ain't as hard as what their adult bones will be. But still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is babies come out all kinds of weird. They do. And I don't. Everybody always tell me, like, you say that. And then when you they let me just say this. I don't watch birth videos because I think it's gross. And I feel like I'm going to think my kid look even worse than I think other people's kids. Because I've seen where they take the kid out and then why it's all goopy and covered in slime and shit. They put it on your chest. I'm going to think he looks gross. I'm going to think he looks gross. He or she. Because they're going to be covered in mucus and shit. It's disgusting. First off, I'm going to be there for the birth of my child if I'm to have children. After it's why over. Why would you want to see that? Huh? I feel like it would be traumatic. I don't care. I, I feel like even... it's one of those things that you need to be there for so that it can't be held over your head in the future. <laughs> Regardless, I don't give a fuck. I'll close my eyes at the exact moment if I don't mm. want to see it. But I'm going to watch it and see it. And I'm going to say that was the most disgusting but potentially rewarding thing that I've ever seen in my life. From what people tell me anyway. And I will not be eating the box for some time. Just want to let you know that. I have nothing to add to that. I'm just saying. I just right. That makes sense, right? You you can't that you don't have. I think what is it? Six weeks, nine weeks. There's so many weeks after you have a kid, you can't do shit. She's not gonna want to do shit anyway. I'm not gonna want to do a shit whole when human came. I'm out not of gonna want to do shit when shit is able to be done. Okay, I need time. <laughs> I need time. Y'all know you need time to physically heal. I need time to heal. Mentally, <laughs> from that shit I saw, you didn't see it from this point. I, you didn't see it. I don't want to see. This is why I haven't watched the birth, and I'm gonna be sure sheets. I don't want to see shit. I just want you to give me the baby, and I would prefer you give me the baby after you didn't clean them up. Then give him to me. I don't want to see. I don't. I don't need to see. Let's I have say, no desire to see. Let's say the roles were reversed, right? I still wouldn't want to see. And it. a human fell right out of the meat of a man, right? Who is going to want to put their mouth on that at some point in the near future? If ever again, who is going to want to do that? All I'm saying is the aesthetics matter in the situation. And babies come out weird and all kind of weird juices and weird smells. I'm just saying. And, and ultimately, I'm just saying, your goddamn baby ain't came out looking like no damn sir. <laughs> he ain't came out looking no damn regal. <laughs> he ain't come out looking special. 
unless it was special ed. Because babies don't come out looking all goddamn fancy. I hate you. I'm just saying. Let me say exactly what he said. Ru- okay, so Rumi is our favorite poet, so it was for our daughter. Sir was like, man, come out the gate. He carries himself like that. He just came out like, sir. That's what he said. Like, sir. Like, yes, sir, or like military type, no, sir. He, that's all he said. I don't know. JV is speaking see. fucking parables and cryptic shit all the time anyway. Him and Beyonce. <laughs> he they speaking Ruby's cute. He did an interview with Rap Radar. So if you want to see if he elaborated, go to Rap Radar. I don't give a damn about nothing Jay-Z say. Okay, so I don't know if it was Sir like the military or I just know that's why he said they named the child Sir. So it was like an on-the-spot thing. It wasn't a name they had picked out already. Rumi, it sounded like it was. Sir, it sounded like it was some bullshit that just, maybe they had another name and then Jay-Z was just like, Sir, we got to name him Sir. Like, I don't know. That seems like it was a last-minute kind of thing. Whatever. He got money. He can be named Sir. Just like uh, fucking T.I. got Major and King and I think those are the only two Kids titles. Name, animal names. What? His kids named animal names. His kid, who kids named animal? King Major. I actually know <laughs> oh, people like a who have, yeah, like I know people. <laughs> my cousin's dog name was Major, <laughs> and I know there's plenty of niggas around the world with King as their dog name. I had a friend All that named his son King. He got we. He didn't get mad at me, but we had a conversation where I was just like, "Dude, dude, come on now." If anybody I know ever named their kid King, I will call that little nigga King Dingaling. I promise you, for the rest of my life, for the rest of their life, we probably not going to be friends for much longer. Probably not. Don't name your kids King around me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you won't be friends long with them after that. (laughs) Little King Dingaling. God. That just sounds pedophilish. Go on. (laughs) What? How does it sound pedophilish? It just does. It's not pedophilish. It's just King Dingaling. They did it to themselves. Florida is finna put the first white man to death for killing a black person. Fuck Florida. In the state. Still feel like we need to cut that shit off and let it float away. I just wanted to pull that up to talk about a little bit about death row. Because death row is stupid. This happened in 1987. They be on death row forever. My brother was born in 1987. And a white man killed some black folks. And he finna finna get killed for it now coming up. They hope like getting a death sentence is not death. You basically gonna live the life you would have fucking lived anyway. It's gonna be behind bars, but they might as well just hand out life sentences because that wouldn't end up happening. The way that it's been explained to me is that they have to wait for their uh, appeals to run out because you can't appeal if you're dead. So they don't kill folks until after they can't appeal the uh, conviction anymore and then they die. Now, how many appeals you get, I don't know. But I do know, even if it was like five, you know how long it takes to get a court date set for like some regular shit? Long ass time. So for that shit, they probably, that I'm sure is not, because they in jail. So I'm sure it's not like high up on the list of things. So that's probably the thing that gets scheduled like last is a is a appeals court date. And so they end up staying on death row forever. They be old men. I don't even know the last time they executed somebody that was like youngish. Usually they old people. 
by the time they get executed. Could they be on death row for, for so fucking long? That's just crazy. And then sometimes the shit get overturned and they get a life sentence. And that's why they take so long because sometimes the appeal work and they might, you know, get it changed to life in prison instead of death. Well, since 1976, the amount of executions for interracial murders, the numbers are interesting. The number of white defendants that have killed black victims that have died are 20. The number of black defendants that have killed white victims that have died are 288. God damn. The process by which you got to go through to get put on death row is that the you got to be a certain type of murder and then the DA have to search certain type of uh, charges for that. Like so many people and then the judge got to you know I'm what the point I'm trying to make is that it's such a subjective system with race intertwined in our country that so many black people have been killed by this system as to where a lot of white people have it for doing the same shit. And so that's one of the main reasons I'm against uh, the death penalty is because at the end of the day, it's still a subjective system that does not allocate justice out the same to people who do the same things. And sometimes what's taken into consideration by juries is the fact that black men are demonized even when they're a victim and um, white men are not always, you know, regardless of who the victim is, just depending on the jury. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I was, a- I was trying to see how many appeals you get. Because like I said, they have to wait till the appeals run out. Now, this say in 2010, a death row inmate waited an average of 178 months, which is about 15 years between sentencing and execution. Damn, that's a long time. But, I, I mean, again, appeals, like, and they have to, like, get on the docket. And so I think that's the last thing that get put on the docket. Like, I think if they had a bunch of cases come in that they got to put on the docket, the appeals is going to be the late. Because it ain't a pressing issue for the court because the motherfuckers in jail. You know what I'm saying? They're not out on the street. They're not reoffending. So for them, they don't. I don't think they give a shit. And so they put that last on the docket or push the date back. And so... And that's how they end up staying on death row, which is a good and a bad thing because, like, again, there was somebody here recently who was up to be executed, and the DNA they finally got found out that he didn't do it. But had he been executed quickly, <laughs> he'd have died for no reason. It's a lot of people that done die for no reason. Yeah, that yeah, and I don't think it used to be this big of a. Um, a big of a gap between being on death row and dying. I think it used to happen fairly quickly. Yeah. But it may be because more and more folks are getting found to be innocent that have been in, you know, and they having to be released. Plus, like I said, I just think that the courts don't put precedence over there and it get pushed down on the docket. So you can, you know, you can do an appeal and it'd be three years out before the actual fucking court date. Well, for them three years, you got to still be on death row. Damn shame. So, uh, the only other thing that I had that I was going to talk about was, um, I fuck Stacey Dash. I was going to mention her, but fuck her. So, the girl that that killed her sister, she was drunk driving. All of them were underage, and then she Facebook live streamed it, and then even after the wreck, 
she got out of the car turn her facebook live back on <laughs> and show her sister body this little heifer now is saying that she did it in an effort to help pay for her funeral her sister funeral expenses there's such bullshit for so many reasons first of all i highly doubt in her inebriated state that she after you kill your sister the first thing you think is let me record this so that we can make some money off of it so that we can bury my sister that don't even make no fucking sense how would she even make money um i mean that that's a flawed premise yeah how do you make you can't make oh, money from Facebook okay Live. so this is what she said I made that video because I knew I had more than 5,000 followers. It was the only way my sister would get a decent burial. I would never expose my sister like that. I anticipated the public donating money because my family isn't rich. Sorry for making that video. Video. I look awful, but I accomplished my goal because they raised over $12,000 for the sister for oh. the funeral. Well, I guess it worked. But you okay? That that I feel like that's just kind of one of them things where you did something fucked up. And I mean, and I can't even say something good because had you not done it, it wouldn't have been a need for a funeral. But I feel like the, them raising the money just was an after effect. I do not think that when she was making that video, she was thinking I can get help with the barrier. The bitch was drunk as fuck. That's how she and you wrapped a car around a pole. <laughs> She was not thinking about burying her sister in that moment. She kissed my ass. And anybody who believe that stupid shit can kiss my ass. They likely was going to raise the same amount of money anyway. Yeah. Because the story was a horrible one. Her sister, un, her underage sister was drunk driving and hit a pole and killed her younger sister. That's the story people would have donated to anyway. So she can sit the fuck down and hush. That don't even make no sense. Niggas. You recorded that shit because you just a member of this fucking generation that want to record every goddamn thing. Don't try to make it seem like this was some kind of noble shit you did after you killed your sister, bitch, please. Fuck out of here. That's all I had. Well, I ain't even got nothing to say about that. That's all I I ain't got nothing else. All right. What else you got on your mind? Um, nothing. Kingston acts so much better after having his balls chopped off. So, whatever. He does behave better. Okay. He does. And he's a lot more snuggly with me because he wasn't before. Is that good or bad? It's good. I gotcha. So, and he, he mean it a Remy, though. Which. I don't know, but he be snapping at that nigga. Well, he need that, Rumi. He does. You know Remy. Rumi. Remy need that. <laughs> it's real close. <laughs> Remy does need it. That's why I don't mind it. But, like, I just, you know, they talk about how dogs become less aggressive after they be, are neutered. Uh -huh. He became, But he all the more aggressive with Remy. And because Remy is annoying. He just stand up for himself. I don't even call it aggression. Because Remy is an asshole and be fucking with him all the time. Now he just don't take that shit. Yeah. Basically. And he ain't as nervous as he was around Remy. He don't give a fuck. So that helped with the nervousness. I don't know if it was supposed to, but it did. Okay. Cool. So he has his little deflated balloon, but mm, mm, mm. it was for a good cause. <laughs> if it was working out for you, whatever. Okay. Anyway, until we kind of next conversation. We out. Holla. <laughs>